Well, thank you uh, for having us. This is always an honor. Heather, fantastic job. The worship time. I always, I, I treasure this time. I treasure being at church. I treasure being in a, in a group like this because we know this isn't possible everywhere around the world. So this is a, this is a gift to us. This is a, something special for us to be a part of because uh, we're not, we don't, there's no church where we're going. <clears throat> there is no gathering like this. And there is no special time like this. So this is, uh, we know our time is, is short for having this kind of opportunity. So th thanks for letting Patty and I be a part of this. Uh, a little bit about us. Patty and I have been married for, uh, since 2008. I'm trying to do the math in my head as I was coming up with that. So that's 13 years. Met in 2007. Um, Patty's had a, a kind of a call and a feel into missions since she was 14 or so. Uh, Patty grew up in Duluth, uh, on the east side of Duluth. Went to uh, Lakeview Covenant. Uh, church over there um, <clears throat> and started just got a heart for for missions and uh, medical missions and that side of things so that's not what we're doing now but she was pre-med I went to uh, I grew up in the Twin Cities uh, studied at the University of Minnesota got a business degree ended up going into starting a business when I was still in school uh, ran that for 22 years and then sold it in 2018 uh, so that Patty and I could go full-time in missions. And the idea, so she and I had been on all kinds of missions trips, probably since 2009, one to two trips a year uh, overseas, short-term trips through our church or on our own to see what was going on around the world. And through that, we had experienced, you know, going to Swaziland and working with kids there and, and orphanages and... Uh, churches and church planting and like you guys had Stitson here and, and Japan and we've been to like all these other countries to kind of get a feel for like where are we called? Like what is it we're supposed to be doing? And through this, it kind of seemed like we had like all this experience. So Patty's an IT project manager, so high detail. I'm business and marketing and sales side of things. So I got more kind of strategic level uh, she's got the opposite skills I do. So praise God that that exists because uh, I wouldn't be able to do kind of live in what my giftings are from God without skills and for her being uh, a part of my life. Um, and uh, so we started in, in one of the trips that we were on, we saw, we started talking to the missionaries and like, how are you doing ministry? How are you reaching people? And they said they've, they've got a language school that they're running and that language school is run. It's basically a business, right? So they have students that are coming in, they're teaching them English. And then at night they're doing uh, what they call conversation clubs and they're training, they're having conversations with people like, uh, and topically they're using the Bible to be able to start conversations. Like, what do you think of this? And what do you think of that? And on all kinds of different levels of English. And they were presenting their, their business strategy and how does this work? And they're reaching uh, outside of just anybody who wants to sign up for the English school. They're also going into businesses and sharing uh, English and business English to businesses in that country so that they can actually work with American businesses and grow. And I'm like, well, tell me more about that. Well, he started getting into the legal challenges and then like the sales challenges and the marketing challenges. And I'm like, dude, you need to tell me more about this. Like I started lighting up and this is the stuff I get excited about. Right. And, and I'm like, I may not be a street corner evangelist, but man, if I can come alongside somebody who has a business and help them run it 
stronger, better, more efficient, more effective in what they're doing. That is that that's a God honoring piece is having a profitable, strong, good, effective, engaging business. So we started talking about that. And then we, we came home and we're like, hey, man, if there's anything else we can do to help you, uh, like, please let us know. And that didn't go anywhere. And then the next trip we went on, we like we saw business as missions again. And we saw the next trip we went on, we saw business as missions again. And the next trip we went on, and it wasn't necessarily that we were seeking it out. It was just we started seeing it. And a lot of these missionaries are actually running businesses as part of their ministry. I'm like, dude, that's, that's our calling. How do we come alongside, coach, mentor, and advise these businesses, these missionaries that are running businesses? And it's not a, don't take this as a criticism, but a lot of them have um, theology backgrounds. They went to school to be pastors and cross-cultural experts and, and things like that. They may not be accountants and finance and marketing and engineers and programmers and all these other things, right? God has gifted us as to be so much more, and we all play a piece of this in the body of Christ. And so that's our that's our our job, kind of where we're going is in that space is to help missionaries, not just in one area, but all over the place, run more effective, more efficient, more effective businesses in the communities that they're involved in. So what that looks like, and we're going to Europe. So Cyprus uh, as a country, if you don't know where it is, it's in the Mediterranean. It's just south of Turkey, north of Egypt, and just it's an island in the Mediterranean just uh, west of Israel and Lebanon. And strategically, it allows us to work within all of Europe and then within a lot of um, parts of Asia as well and North Africa to work with missionaries that are running businesses. So we got a pretty broad area as to where we're working in that space. We've got actually five assignments. I'm just covering one of those within our conversation. So if you're curious about that anything further on that please talk to us at the at our table and we'll be hanging out there between services and after and whenever else so uh so i'm going to start there so that's a bit of a background so the basically what i want to share with you is what i feel like god dropped on my heart about six months ago and i haven't been able to shake it and every time i get into this and it's straight out of genesis one uh on god modeling work so I want to share this with you, see if it challenges you guys, like it challenged, challenged me, and um, to get to see a little bit about where God's heart is in this and uh, kind of how, how we see work. So I'll pray, and then we'll get into this. So uh, Lord, uh, your words in this, these are your words in Genesis. Uh, these are each and every one of us are your specific design to do your work and to reach more people so that more people can get into your kingdom. I pray that your Holy Spirit speaks now and through this conversation that is your voice in this microphone and not mine. We do this for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So I've got a couple different things here I'm doing. Uh, all right. So uh, let's go to the first slide. Um, okay. So what I want to do is give the, I'm going to do a lot of Bible stuff right at the beginning of this. So you guys understand, I'm not making any of this stuff up. This is straight out of the Bible on what's going on. So, uh, the body of Christ, first Corinthians 12, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only, uh, if it would, 
if B, B, if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. We all have different roles. I touched on this a little bit. We all have different roles. Even in our households, our friendships, we all have different roles. If we were all exactly the same, how boring life would be. Right? We need each other. Effective churches, effective businesses, effective households. We all run off of different skills to make it work as best as it actually works. Right? This is God's design. I want to encourage you, be who you were created by God, not trying to be somebody else. Right? We need to live within that specific world. When we do that, life is great. We can celebrate each other. We can be in this amazing place together. And I think I just skipped a slide, so we are moving on to, let me go back to that. Uh, verse 26. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. We can't operate as fully as we can without each person of the body. Each, each one of you is part of this, and we need each one of you to make this church, the body of Christ, work as effectively and efficiently as God has designed it. And in fact, there's people that aren't even sitting in this church as a part of this that should be here to help this thing run even better and more efficient to reach the ends of the earth. All right, so let me present the, uh, the next slide. There is, um, within a lot of the people you've probably seen on stage and within missions and missions messages, we typically hear of two parts of missions. One is this bottom circle. Uh, it's the missionary and church, the mission activities of Bible teaching and preaching, disciple training, church planting, evangelism, things like that. This is this, is this right? This is what we hear a lot about in missions. <clears throat> and it's good. And it is an important part of reaching the ends of the earth. Within U.S. jobs, just kind of put this into comparison with the U.S. jobs and roles of people within the U.S. alone, this represents about 5 to 6% of the, of the U.S. population. And it's probably similar like that around the world. The other thing we typically hear about is this relief in humanitarian work. So if there's a tornado, a hurricane, a typhoon, uh, starving kids, like this is the humanitarian piece. This is the medical missions. This is coming in and providing any kind of, we're coming in as, as helping them bring life back to them, right? It's good. It's an important piece of this whole thing. It's relief and development. It's cultural research. It's medicine. It's health. Microenterprise, which all of this could be a much longer message. Uh, I can get into any one of these. It's education, right? This circle represents about 10 to 15% of the U.S. population. Guy that live within this space. There's a part of missions that I think that, which is this third circle, which is where about 80 to 85% of the people in the United States live. And right now, missions is moving into that space. And actually, it's been there for a long time. There's examples from the Bible that I'll talk about that actually talk about this whole business piece. But this is traditional work, things that probably you guys do every day. And it's good. God's designed those jobs. So it's business as missions, microenterprise, marketplace ministries, tent making, whatever word you want to use. This is people out 
working in the community, reaching people that may not walk into a building like this or that a pastor may not walk in, be in touch with. This is the people that you are in touch with that need to be reached with the gospel. And this is true all around the world, right? Not everybody's going to walk into a synagogue. Not everybody's going to walk into a mosque. Not everybody's going to walk into a temple. It takes the whole village, so to speak, to reach the ends of the earth. And we're all a part of it. And part of it as much here in Cloquet as, as we are over in Cyprus, as people are over in closed countries where they could be killed for being Christian. It takes every one of us to be a part of this. So this is the part I typically say that, that where we're specializing is that top left circle. And to put a little more context on that, we see most of the time uh, people can do one of these really well, possibly two of these really well. Right, So uh, Good Hope may be very good within this uh, missions and church piece. Awesome, right? You guys get out in the community sometimes. The business of how uh, Good Hope, I'm making this up because I don't know the details, but uh, like, so maybe I'll use my church as an example. Uh, they do business super well, right? They're really well, super efficient, well-run well run church, Right? Their effectiveness in teaching, preaching, and sharing that so that other churches can be more effective and efficient within what they're doing and teaching that into the congregation, that's a business of marketing and execution and helping train up more people. Then they also do church really well as well. Right? But it's hard for people to do three of these things really well. A lot of missionaries doing two of these parts. Right? We hear the, both the missionary church piece and then the humanitarian piece going really well. Um, but this third piece can, can be a good integration between both business and missions and church planning or business and humanitarian, these different pieces. So there's this whole push now that's happening in missions to try to expand into this piece and grow more into the communities so we can show biblical values to people who've never had a chance to meet a Christian and see how they live. And that's what missionaries are doing, right? This is how missions is done, is developing relationships and then modeling what it's like to, like to be a Christ follower. It's a really simple model, but again, you see it throughout all of history. Do you think anybody that followed Moses didn't know that he followed the God of the universe? Everybody in his organization, his business, right? He was raising herds of tons, of tons of animals. He had people that were herdsmen and business people for the thousands of herds that he had. He had to have had some sort of business structure behind what he was doing. So I'll get into more of those stories in a little bit. But just an example there. So I'm going to cover that top left in, in more detail. But again, I want to do it through a biblical basis of why I think that's important, why God thinks that important, that's important, and how he modeled that. So we'll jump into this. So the foundations of work. God modeled this for us right out of Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, what did God do? God created. The fifth word of the Bible is an active word of work. He designed, he came up with something creative, he created it. These are active, working words. The next verse, I think verse 3, God said, 
The way God worked in the Old Testament in the beginning, right there, his, his words actually was his part of his work, right? He was, that's what he modeled right from the beginning. He said, he spoke, he was actively engaged, involved with working from the very beginning. He named things when he was saying these things, he was giving them names. He was giving them jobs to do within their work. So he was like directly from the beginning leading what was going on. Verse four, he separated. He was actually like giving them specific jobs and roles and responsibilities within the design that he had from the very beginning. He, he, he was designing these things. And, and again, so verse seven, he made, he started it. He actually completed it and he saw it through to completion when he made things. It wasn't just started it and got like 90% of the way and said, nah, it's close enough. Brought it all the way to completion. How cool of a model, right? It's the beauty of Patty and I being together, right? I'm an 80% guy, 90% guy. She helps me get it to 100%. Um, it's, a, it's a good relationship. Verse 28, God blessed them. At this point, God blessed humankind before he even gave him work. How often do you go into work? How often do you go into a place that you're shopping? How often do you go to the gym? How often do you go to the park and bless it before you even use it, work with people? Are you blessing the places that you're going? God designed us. He built us specifically to do that, to bless us. We're here to model after what God has designed us to be, which is actually to bless other people and develop relationship with God. Are we blessing other people? If I can challenge you in this, and I'll try to do this throughout this whole message, but are you, are you doing that? Can you do that? Can you do more of that within your daily life of praying for, with, around people in your work, your coworker, your boss, your employees, your team, your clients, your vendors, your wherever you are. Can you bless them? What's interesting out of a lot of this also is if you remember the creation story, every day God looks at what he does. He must have had a plan before he even started. Right? Before day one, he must have gone, you know what, day one, I'm going to do this. Day two, I'm going to do this. Day three, I'm going to do that. Four, five, six, seven. Right? Every day he looks at his work and he goes, that's good. And I don't think he said that to say that it was just designed good, but it was actually good. It was meant to be good. But he also looks at it at the day and goes, I did good work. I actually worked hard today. I didn't do 80% of the work. I did 100% of the work. If people saw what I did, they know that I didn't cut corners. They know that I didn't do it halfway. It was good. I did a good day's work. And I got the plan done. I got it. I did it. It's good. Every day he does that. It was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. It was very good. Can you guys do the same thing? Is there an opportunity to look at your day every day and go, yeah, it was very good. And you put your head down and go, I did everything I could today. And it was good. 
I'm going to challenge you to, to do that. Are you praying for the people you work with? Are you blessing them? Do you wish the best for them in those things? Let's go to the next, verse, next section of, of 28. So humankind is assigned a specific job. We have four jobs. Depending on which version you're reading, we've got four jobs. Be fruitful, right? So increase, uh, become more, and grow, right? Increase, so be more, right? So similar, similar message, description. Rule over or subdue it, which doesn't necessarily mean that you are on high going, do this. The way that the Greek actually translates here is it is working together. It is actually looking out for the benefit and what happens on the, like, to whatever you're in charge of caring for. We are meant to care for the animals, the earth, the other people, the, what we are assigned to do, which was to take care of God's design. Right? It is not meant to, we are, we are meant to care for and love it and make sure that it also is fruitful and multiplies. God's design is so good, and he modeled it right in chapters one, chapter one of the Bible. Let's go to the next verse. Chapter two, verse two, God rested, modeled rest right from the beginning, right? So as Americans, we are proud of how busy we are. Every day, it's like, ah, I got this done. Like, I'm busy. How are you doing? Like, I'm busy. I'm always busy, right? Everything is busy. That's not how God designed it, right? We are meant to somewhere in there to be resting. I hear theologians describe rest and the Sabbath day as different things. Like, what does it look like? I'm in the camp of whatever it is to recharge your batteries. You've been working your butt off trying to get stuff done the rest of the week. Take a break. Figure out how to recharge your batteries, right? If that's going hiking, fishing, do something to be as strong as you can to model your relationship with Christ and bring that back to whatever you're doing again. So there's something somewhere in there that you specifically need to figure out how to find your Sabbath. The other interesting thing in this, right, is it's a commandment. Ten commandments, thou shall have a Sabbath. How many of us actually honor that? <sighs> Which is at the same level as murder and other stuff if you're not taking a Sabbath. Yikes. I got a lot of, like, I'm preaching to myself in this too, right? This is a message that I, I felt God opened my eyes on in all of these messages. Like, I have stuff to learn here too. But I want to challenge you to like figure out that Sabbath because it's as important as honoring God, speaking well of his name, not killing, not destroying, not coveting, not stealing, not... Right? It's important stuff. Okay, so God rested. He's actually modeling rest in 2-2. All right, so what happens in 2-8? Rest said, God walked in the garden. How interesting is that? So back uh, in biblical times, Adam and Eve, right? Or yeah, Adam and Eve at this point, God's walking in the garden. What is the garden? It's the place God designed for Adam and Eve to work. This wasn't just home. This was work. This, they were caring for 
earth, the garden. Right? There was no separation of the church is here and you worship me in this temple and I'm not walking there. Like, this is the only place that we have a relationship. He's actually bringing the relationship directly into where they're working. The blessings on the, the, the plants, the animals, the, all that stuff. That relationship is starting directly from here. God actually walks with them in conversation right in the garden. There is no separation. We were not designed, God did not model these two things to be separate from each other. They are one in the same. Where we live, where we eat, where we play, where we work, God is meant to be in all places. So out of this, and Heather uh, referred to this earlier, we have a biblical mandate in Matthew 28. So the next slide. Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Therefore, go, active word, and make active words disciples of all nations, including cloquet, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them, active word, to obey everything I've commanded you commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very ends of the earth. Where is every, the ends of the earth? It's not just this building, is it? This is our homes. This is our work. This is when you're going to Super One. This is when you're at Subway. This is on the lake. This is everywhere, right? This is the very ends of the earth here as well as everywhere else in the world. Every one of these is action words. He doesn't sit back and go, I want you to watch what happens. There's no see things. It is actively go make, baptize, teach, and I'm always with you. It's never an if for that. You know, if or or. It's a always with. Biblical outreach. What does biblical outreach look like? In 1 Corinthians 9, to the Jews I, keep, I became like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. So to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under God's law. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became like the weak. To win the weak, I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. That underline is my emphasis, but it's to win the lost. Every one of it, every one of those is about developing relationship and helping other people develop relationship with Christ. It is not about just living out the day. Those jobs, our awareness, our acknowledgement that we have a role and responsibility as Christ followers to share the gospel with the people around us, to win them to relationship. It is their choice to make a decision to do that. It is our job to offer that opportunity. It is not by force. It's through relationship that that happens, that winning. It is not by coercion. It is through modeling great relationship with Jesus Christ. And it doesn't say he wins everyone. He says he wins some right? We're going to win some, we're going to lose some. Free will gives us the ability, gives everybody the ability to say that they're in or they're out. 
our responsibility and what God has commanded us to do is to offer that up and allow people to make that decision. What is work ethic? The next slide. Whatever you do in Colossians 3, 23 and 24, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Our efforts as Christians should be the best. We should be the bar that's set, the standard that's set. We should be the best employees, best staff, best companies that exist in the world because we are working as if it's God's company, not our company. And there is nothing modeled in the Bible that says that God did something less than in excellence. Can we do that every day? No, let's be realistic. But it's our job to be the best that we can to model who Jesus is and who Christ is. Ephesians 5. Verse 6, slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Let's be realistic. All of the people we work with encounter don't do this. They don't serve, work, operate as somebody who is working unto somebody greater than them. They may be the best. They may actually be terrible at leadership. They may be a terrible boss. I've had a couple of those. I maybe have been that boss multiple times, right? But it is our job to serve and obey and do the work to the best of our abilities as if we are serving Christ himself. The book of Philemon, Philemon, I've heard it pronounced a couple different ways. Uh, Paul is writing to a brother of his, uh, another Christian, for a slave that ran away, the slave could have been killed. Paul's response back is, he is now in the kingdom. Treat him as one of us. Man, go the extra mile. Serve. People, people ask, and this is, this is where the gospel comes out. Why would you do that? It just stands out. And I'll tell a couple stories of this uh, in a second here as I try to stay on track. But we work with good effort and great execution because we serve somebody greater than ourselves. Let's get into a couple examples. You've heard of this guy named Joseph? Had this nice coat, Right? Um, this man, his jobs, his roles within the Bible, he was a herdsman. He helped take care of the, the animals. He was a farmer, kind of modern terminology, right? So he was farming. He was taking care of the animals. He was helping feed them, care for them, raise them so that they would have a good business, feed the families, feed their families. It wasn't just a family, a nuclear family, as we think of it here. It's relatives, cousins, aunts, uncles, multiple generations. They may have had uh, employees, all that stuff. They needed to care for that whole audience. This guy was a herdsman. He was a servant. This guy was, when he got uh, sold by his brothers, he went to Egypt and became a servant. He was serving there as a slave, but he was serving those people with such excellence that he got brought into the king's palaces. How cool is that, bringing that back to serving unto God versus 
unto himself. He wasn't going to get anything for that. But he ends up later becoming a prisoner for 13 years, I believe. And in there, he, he served as a prisoner in the prison with such excellence that he was put in charge of the other prisoners. Instead of, he probably could have played the card of, woe is me. I'm in prison. This, pardon my language, sucks being in prison, right? But no, he, he thrives in this environment because he's serving God with where he's at, not just himself. How cool is that? Uh, he's a political leader. After he's in prison, he gets brought into, after um, God gives him the visions of what the interpretations are to those dreams, he becomes a political leader. He's the number two in charge of all of Egypt. Changes the path of the Israelites. Because he worked hard, had great vision. He walked with God. He brought God into his relationship with, I think it was Pharaoh at the time, right? He didn't back down. He actually said, hey, my interpretations aren't my interpretations. God's actually given me that. Very simply being able to share God's presence in his life and why he serves the way he serves. He's also a spiritual leader. Right? He was an example of doing those types of things. He helped other people actually come in and share. And look. he looked after communities of believers and other uh, Israelites into that community. Let's go to the next one. Uh, the Apostle Paul. Great example of somebody who's working as well as living in community. This man started as a spiritual leader. He was after, he's going after God with all that he had, right? He was in the best school. He was doing great things. He was right after God with all of the legalese that he could. Things changed. He was also a tent maker. He couldn't make a living at that time as a, just a, basically a priest and a teacher. He was also a, 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 a tent maker. Tent maker meaning he had a job. He was working. He was doing, making tents. He was making, like, literally tents. Um, and the definition of tent making can be a little bit different, but he was working. He had an income that was coming from the other work that he was doing. It's getting out into community and doing great work. Do you think his spiritual leadership and his influence would have been the same if he was a terrible worker, if he created terrible tents? Man, this was a guy who worked hard. He did a great job at what he was doing. Jesus, do you think Jesus would have had the influence and the capability to do what he was doing if he was a bad carpenter? People would have been like, how can he be a great teacher if he was a terrible carpenter? He was both hand, right? Paul was also a prisoner, uh, and he wrote joyful, encouraging messages out of prison. Very few times do you read any of the books that he wrote in the, in the New Testament, which is like two-thirds of the New Testament. Uh, do you hear him complaining about his job, his work, being in prison, any of that stuff? He is encouraging and strengthening other people to do more and greater things. He was an author. There's all kinds of interesting stuff about that. But he was also a friend. He looked after the other people in his community. He looked after Timothy, right? He... he Gave other people his cloak. He gave away his writings. He gave all these things away. Tracking on time here. Let me give you one local example, and then I'm going to close. 
Um, so we have a, Patty and I have a friend. She runs a professional organizing business. She is able to get into homes with what she's doing, uh, with people that are hoarding or moving or just stressed out by the way their homes look, feel. She has built into her contract for doing work a checkbox that says, would you like prayer? The simplicity of that is amazing. 80% of the people that she goes into contract with ask her for prayer. Very few of those people are Christian. They're Jewish. They're atheist. They might be Christian. They are no, they, they're just stressed in life. And they are checking a box. Every time she walks into their house, she has the ability to pray for them. Right? Are there creative ways that you can develop relationships with people and share what's going on? Let's go ahead two slides. Tell you the story about Tim. Tim's overseas. He's in Asia in a country that is not open to the gospel. The government is trying to shut down the gospel movement in the country that he's in in a big way. This guy runs a technology firm. He is, uh, he's got an office, employees. His office looks out over the, the cubicles in the office. He um, saw one of his employees get up, walk into the kitchen area, and turn around and walk back. She was looking for a glass of water, a cup of coffee, something along those lines. She turned around and walked back. He's like, I could use a cup of water. He walked into the kitchen, washed two glasses, filled them with water, set one on her desk, and she's like, what are you doing? Which is a very odd response in a Western society, right? In their culture, that's uncommon. She's like, I am a different caste. I am female. You are not allowed to serve me. I am here to serve you. You're the boss. You're the CEO. You're the, you're male. Like, this is not okay. And he's like, I am modeling Jesus. This is how I have learned to do life. And she breaks into tears and her response was, nobody has ever done anything this nice for me in my life. It was a glass of water. He was able to share the gospel by washing a glass and bringing a glass of water to an employee. He was living life. He was modeling what it's like to be Christian and sharing Jesus. She now, great employee goes the extra mile, understanding what it's like to be a servant leader. She is learning these things in a society where that is not typical. Man, I got all kinds of stories. Ask me for stories after this. If I can encourage you in four quick steps, we're going to go ahead, I don't know, a few, a few different things on the next steps. Number one, work for God every day. Work for God right? Not for yourself, not for, the, not for the title, not for the anything, like work hard for God. Second thing, serve here. Statistically, what we've seen and what we've heard is that it takes one volunteer for every five people that attend church. You want to fill these seats? Start volunteering so that the bandwidth of more people can feel your love and your presence and God's presence here. Get involved in this community. Encourage others. We're not meant to just go through our lives. We are meant to encourage. 
Heather and the worship team did an amazing time here. I have, Patty and I have not felt loved since we walked into this place. This is amazing. Do that everywhere you go. And number four, celebrate, celebrate progress. The growth of, of individuals, where they're at, celebrate them and encourage them with where they're at. Help this whole movement continue to move forward. I thank you for this opportunity. Heather, uh, Pastor Mike, like this is awesome. Like you guys are great. I love this place. This feels like home. Patty and I are honored to be here. Come talk to us. We can tell you stories. Get involved. We are looking for people of every skill set you can think of to come alongside missionaries with different businesses all around the world. Medical, uh, engineering, programming, design, marketing, sales, all of it. High detail, strategy. There are businesses everywhere around the world that need help. 